0: Exclusively on the pod station.
1: listeners to another episode of A Film podcast. Once again, the two Marks are back with you with another episode to delight your ears. I'm joined with Mark Pollard and I am Mark Latham. Hello. Hi,
2: mate. How are you doing? We're doing this via Zoom, I must say to our listeners, but well, we haven't done one of these for ages, have we? Because a world pandemic came down and then life just got in the way. Been on a bit of a hiatus. In fact, this is the first time you're doing a recording at your Zoom and it's been that long. I've only just realised that my headphones were on backwards while you were doing your intro. I was laughing <laughs> putting them on the right way, which, thinking about it, I do need to tell everyone, but it's on the record now, isn't it?
1: It's fair to say that both of us, well, mostly me, I would say, is a little bit rusty
2: on the working practices of podcasting. You've been a bit busier than I have. Yeah. We do lots of other stuff on some of the other shows that we've got on the pod station. We haven't done any film podesty stuff or Picard talk for ages, have we? No,
1: we haven't. I think when we were talking, they will do one, not as in just go away. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well we've already done that. <laughs> yeah. we've done one, but now we need to do one. Now we
1: do one. We're coming back. I thought it would be quite nice with the trailer for Black Widow, with that being the beginning of phase four, to see our thoughts on
2: how that will develop. Now hang on a minute. Wasn't the Spider Man film the start of phase four? came out after Endgame. Yeah, it's not though. Like that's or it, was, phase three. Okay, you're gonna have to explain that. Should we get the boring stuff out of the way first and then you can explain that to simple O me. Because quite excitingly, you're in the driving seat for this show, which always goes well because it essentially means I can just sit here and pick holes in you and just generally create murder for your structure and, and your spirit. Well, script. I've made some good notes. As always, I've made no notes, which is why this will go swimmingly well. If this intro section hasn't put you off, <laughs> then you can actually check out more of these shows <laughs> on thepodstation.co.uk. You can actually go on and find a film podisy where there aren't that many shows. We're going to be looking to do a lot more now that the world hasn't to a crumbling end and we don't have to defend ourselves <laughs> as in the walking dead situation you can also go onto our social medias we're on all the usual platforms our film pod circle so go check us out there and there's loads of other shows as well in fact there's loads of other shows with our dulcet tones on we've got Picard which was a special one about the Jean-Luc Picard series it's just come out which was a huge amount of fun to it eat. was fantastic that season two's on the precipice we can get doing some more of those well
1: it has and also they've recently released the cartoon version of Lower Decks I have no interest in watching <laughs> it
2: looks really good you know I'm quite up for watching that oh, yeah. although I'm not sure whether we can because we don't um, get HBO none of them do on Amazon or Netflix for those us. No. Us, mere Immortals in the UK Disco Fever which is the uh, Star Trek Discovery show oh yeah
0: yeah <laughs> Wait, did
2: you know that Star Trek Discovery's season 3 is coming out two, two months, months far away two months time yeah Mark how are you getting on with editing all those million shows for the oh, Star Trek Discovery I'm, I'm glad you asked that
1: question because oh hang on I'm minute, uh, the call just come in. Um, <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh my anyway, God.
1: anyway, to be fair, I have no answers to this other than I was kidnapped by zombie separists and taken away for several months. And I, I'm glad you told me that the zombie apocalypse had finished, because I've killed five people and they weren't zombies. <laughs> uh, two of them were called
2: Karen. <laughs> and they were turning right at a roundabout, but indicating left. Like,
1: yeah, I'm complaining because they had to put a face mask on.
2: <laughs> the good news is in that case what you might hear is the launch of Disco Fever with a season 3 live episode by Ephesians <laughs> <laughs> show and we might release seasons 1 and 2 as
1: oh, extras <laughs> bonus content if anything it should draw people in to subscribe because not only are you going to get the historic season 1 and 2 years after they launched you're going to have season 3 as well so you're going to be able to binge people love binging and if you want to
2: know what level of intellect we're looking at <laughs> for these shows if you check out the Card Talk show, which you can find on podstation.co.uk or on all the major podcast platforms, you will find just exactly how highbrow that show will ultimately be, because we play it at a certain level, and that's about <laughs> our level. If you listen to this show, you're probably already getting the vibe of it. Yeah,
1: we have a certain level of intellect. Uh, it's very geekish, I would say. We deconstruct a lot of the things that people will probably be less interested in than most. Um, yes. You know, having said all that, people like EastEnders and other soap operas, we just have chosen a different topic of, of interest. We so, just chose one with more spandex. Indeed. Geeks, maybe not freaks, and general fans of comics and film and TV, probably. So, what we are going to do
2: today, then, Mr. Leartham? Oh, well, have you told the listeners how they can get hold of us? Uh, you can send an email to info at uk. Five star reviews, always helpful because it gets the show seen a bit better, and then we can uh, hopefully get more listeners, which is always good because the more listeners that we get, the more shows that we can do. We also have a Patreon page, yep. which is also. So very good. We've got some packages available. Probably going to be adding to those over the course of the next few months as well so that we can all enjoy the benefits with a very small contribution, whatever that might be that you can afford. This costs us money. It just helps us. Keeps the old lights on, doesn't it? I think you should add to
1: one of the tiers, a night out with you.
2: <laughs> Social distancing, of
1: course. Well, I would basically throw bread rolls at someone from two metres away. <laughs> <laughs> I think you do that pre-call? Yeah, <laughs> it's just a thing you do, isn't it? So I thought that
2: well, your question was about the Spider-Man film, wasn't it? Far from home. Should we add some context? Because we love Marvel. We've really enjoyed the Marvel films. We've been meaning to do. We did do a Captain Marvel's special, but we were meaning on doing a uh, a couple of the other ones when we do Endgame, particularly. Mark did. How many pages have notes in preparation for this? Well, oh, for so this put it one. This way, for uh, this. No, for Endgame. So Amazon. I think I've commissioned a 500 page book to accompany Mark's notes. That is a full breakdown of
1: time travel explanation, details, Easter eggs, character definition, development, and future um, interaction between other shows and movies, and also predictions probably now are coming to pass. <laughs>
0: Anyway. Uh,
2: But we haven't yet done it. So so how long have those notes sat in your drawer now?
1: I don't normally date them, but I would say At least twelve months out. Endgame is a year ago, isn't it? Yeah. Well yeah, it was. Yeah. So a year. (laughs) I love how on it we are. If you've got a podcast that's literally live in real time. It's not us. (laughs) (laughs)
2: that was our intentions we're obviously now on to season phase four as you say yes Um, or are we because of course there's a grey area that you're going to have to clarify for me because we've got Spider-Man what was it Spider-Man on tour Uh, yes that was the one Spider-Man 2 Spider-Man Spider-Man 4 from home that's the one because that came out after Endgame so how can it not be phase four it's another film in phase three (laughs) I thought Endgame
1: was the end of phase three No, the Far From Home one is the, let's call it a palate cleanser. Mm. So in terms of the film, if you look, then it picks up straight away after the events of Endgame. It is to try and cleanse anyone's upset of the amount of devastation caused by the outcome of Endgame. Oh, I must say, spoilers ahead, like massive spoilers, uber spoilers, just in case you've tuned in, you've not seen any of these films and you've been living in a bunker, which you might have. (laughs) (laughs)
2: is this pretty a post-Covid (laughs) because
1: part of a cult you might have been in a bunker before the Covid hit so
2: (laughs) yeah how did you feel about the Spider-Man Far From Home coming out so close to Endgame because I felt I don't know I wasn't ready for another film so soon after Endgame and actually because Endgame was so magnificently awesome. Spider-Man was always gonna feel like a little bit of a after-the-party type event. It wasn't bad, but it wasn't amazing. I wasn't ready for it either. I actually enjoyed it because
1: I quite like Spider-Man. And Spider-Man's a popular character. Bear in mind that Stan Lee offered the entire catalogue of Marvel characters to Sony for about 8 million. And they went, no, we just want Spider-Man. Silly people. <laughs> I enjoyed the film because after following a kind of Harry Potter approach to it, so as he grows up and obviously gets older, each of the films will tie into his age. What it did create, because of the outcome of Endgame and Infinity War, was mess around with when these films take place. So although it comes out in our time, the actual movies themselves are set in certain time frames. does cause problems when you're trying to tie up loose ends. So you have the epilogue, which is Endgame, and then this kind of just rounds it all off, allowing it to be left as it was. Again, spoilers for people who haven't seen the Spider-Man Far From Home. Leaves. Everybody dies. Everyone dies. So it leaves people wanting more. With the situation, if you think at the time, the deal between Sony and Marvel was looking a bit rocky. Well, they pulled it at one point, didn't they? So did. they take did pull it, although I don't know whether that was a PR stunt because it turns out that the actual Sony don't have any rights to the merchandise or theme parks and Disney-Marvel made $1.2 billion from merchandise alone. Whether they did another Spider man or not, Sony wouldn't have any rights to that. Disney don't need the money off Sony for the deal they have. It's a case of Sony needing Marvel more than the other way around.
2: So you didn't like the movie then that much? I didn't want it so close to Endgame. It, it felt like I hadn't yet emotionally settled myself back down. It, it felt like I'd, I'd been on a, a big drinking binge and I was still hungover when I was made to watch Spider-Man, so I couldn't properly enjoy it. I think I would have preferred it 12 months after Endgame, let the dust settle a little bit, or even 6 months after. Dust settles. I I watch that it sets us up for if it's the end of phase three it sets us up for the start of phase four and then i'm back in the zone again it's that palette cleanser as you say whereas i didn't want a palette cleanser immediately after
1: okay the reason why this one was so close is it's supposed to pick up right after the loss of all of Tony Stark and things like that allow the introduction to other
2: characters that we haven't seen so what did we see in Far From Home that you think is going to be part of Phase 4 I mean there's obviously the bit at the end Mysterio
1: we've not seen before the first Spider-Man film Homecoming we were introduced to Vulture and Scorpion who cameo in the end credits of this film Mm. or at least Vulture does you have the potential there where you've got three characters introduced who form part of the Sinister Six now that was the plan that Sony was trying to achieve with
2: the Andrew Garfield films Basically, Sony wants to do lots of stuff they just fuck it up every (laughs)
0: single time
1: yeah every time they do a Spider-Man franchise they introduce that many villains in one go people are like whoa it's their equivalent essentially of Justice League yeah oh here's a Flash and by the way here's such and such like hang on a minute I didn't know this was happening and you're supposed to build some some emotional characters connection to these characters so you could see at the end of the last Spider-Man that they were trying to set up the Sinister Six which if the deal with Sony and Marvel works out really well they'll just introduce that as and when they can.
2: This boils down to how Marvel and Disney have done this whole franchise from the get-go. You just described Sony essentially trying to wedge as many things in as humanly possible into a two and a half hour movie yeah. whereas Marvel the first film was the Vulture and I thought they did it really well Michael Keaton was brilliant it added lots of depth he was the only baddie in it it really padded it out nicely They didn't kill him off which meant that in this film they could introduce a new bad guy and even if they disposed of that bad guy they still had people like the vulture in the background which actually they've tapped into and now they've got new baddies to add to that and so as always with Marvel slash Disney they just slowly built things up over a period of time adding context and information and backgrounds to these characters so you actually give a shit. That's exactly what they do. They take the
1: time to develop a story arc which might take 10, 20 movies to reap the benefits from, whereas other tend to shoehorn it all in to try and overwhelm the viewer into being that excited they're going to return to watch the next movie. Those people in that one movie haven't specifically signed up to do more movies, nor have there been any solo movies to develop the character on its own. So Iron Man, when it was first launched 2008, set up that character and they loved it, but they'd already planned, which is why people are still finding Easter eggs in other movies from that time, an arc, to where the movie was going to end up being, and what other things they're going to introduce and that's why I think Far From Home film sets up so the person I'm trying to remember who's the editor of the Daily Bugle J. Jonah Jameson who is played by the same character who appeared in the other Spider-Man films brings him into canon for Marvel potentially setting up another movie where it's undetermined whether people actually know the identity of Peter Parker as Mysterio created the news report that makes it look like Peter Parker's identity has been revealed but in fact it hasn't because we get to see Vulture appear at the end we have already seen Scorpion introduced, but he wasn't called Scorpion. They meet him in prison. He's the guy who gets burnt on the first Spider-Man film. So there's three. Now, we've seen Rhino, Doc Ock. We haven't seen Kaven, who's a member of the Sinister Six. Potential for those characters to be brought back in. That also ties in with Mysterio, goes back to the Iron Man film. I think it works because it, it gives you, after the devastation of Endgame, where essentially the avengers are no longer operational, disassembled, where everybody dies... <laughs> and, and as you say the dust settles well to be fair the dust was settling after the click <laughs> Spider-Man just gave that lighthearted completeness to that phase now having had that space of time can now go back into essentially what Black Widow is a solo movie which I believe will allow I made a prediction about the Thunderbolts on Twitter over a year ago which ties into Thunderbolt Ross who has been a staple in the cinematic universe of the MCU I don't know whether they're going to a spin off of him, but if you see anyone who's seen the trailer will have seen a typically de-aging process of Thunderbolt Ross. So hang on a minute,
2: right. Uh, because you said when you said time and space, I was going to make a witty retort about the fact that it does appear that Phase Force is going to be heading towards the more spatial regions. But then you went veered off and started talking about this bolt guy. Explain to me who this fella is and where did he pop into that trailer?
1: He's at the beginning. Cast your mind back, let's see if my memory is good. To the incredible Hulk before they recast the Incredible Hulk because it had that knobhead in it Edward Norton who apparently had far too much editorial control and ruined it so they went yeah let's just jib him that's technically owned by Universal right they have the rights to the Incredible Hulk Uh, however they must have I think they did a deal which allowed to have a post credit clip where Thunderbolt Ross meets I'm going to say Tony Stark it's after the meeting that Tony Stark's already had with Nick Fury at the end of Iron Man and he's setting up the Avengers initiative Tony Stark visits Thunderbolt Ross and says oh I'm putting together a bit of a gang paraphrasing here Tony wouldn't use that language put the gangs together let's have a chat now Thunderbolt Ross as his nickname is is like a general in the army who oh yes is involved with the whole project that inadvertently created Abomination yeah doesn't he appear in Endgame game right. Civil War he does he's the one who instigates the Sokovian codes after they drop a whole city from the sky <laughs> and he sets up the raft which is the prison for superheroes got oh, yeah. right. that on who he is. so that's I'm, I agree with what saying saying is I do believe that we're going to have a lot more spatial stories Black Widow being a single solo movie they'll use that to set up other characters that are already mentioned in Black Widow the fact that Thunderbolt Ross appears who looks in the trailer to be de-aged is set in the scene of, of his involvement
2: it's an interesting one to start phase for isn't it Black Widow because of course spoiler alert she <laughs> she does legitimately die in the last film in Endgame it's bizarre that we're now doing a prequel of her because well it's a shame because she's a fabulous character and it's a shame that she died but it's interesting to try and figure out how they move a storyline forward when we already know the ending to a particular storyline the exciting thing about this is all the fans were complaining
1: that we haven't got a Black Widow film and I was saying and I'm sure I've said it on a podcast before let the writers write so far every move that you and I have been to see or we've seen whether we like the timing of it or everything we've enjoyed every move I don't recall seeing any of the movies in the Marvel Cinematic Universe being a dud. And what needs to be commented upon is a lot of the characters that have been turned into films are unknown Marvel heroes. So you could technically argue that those films should have failed because no one knows who they were. Guardians of the Galaxy, nobody knows who they are unless you've read the comics. For that film to do over a billion at the box office is a testament to the wonderful storytelling and the writing. And I've been saying for ages that I felt that the Black Widow film was going to be made. There wasn't a rush to make it because as per a lot of the questions asked by fans over the period of the movies we've had so far, have been answered, and the reward has been in the waiting. You know, in terms of the end game, we got the glimpse of all of the female characters that we've had across all the movies that have always been there to, in my opinion, address the uh, the, the people who are complaining about the fact that there's no strong female leads, and they've been there all the time. People have just ignored the fact that they exist. Every film you see has a strong female lead, at least one f- strong female lead. I felt that the, the timing of Black Widow although technically a prequel the way it's been presented works really well to tie off her story
2: yeah no but it feels weird that they're tying off her story now whereas it feels like you should be pushing on with Phase 4 and I don't doubt for a second that that's actually what's going to happen they'll thread something into this prequel that will actually create foundations that Phase 4 will be built on personally I'm delighted I mean the, the trailer looks amazing it, it looks really really good I was going to go and Super excited about sound like I'm a five year old girl, but uh, I am super excited by the trailer, by the film. It looks brilliant, there's loads of questions being created by it. It's gonna be nice to see Black Widow. I'm hoping it's not gonna be the last time, but <laughs> unless they do a second prequel, it probably will be, will it? This is the interesting
1: thing. Widow is set between Captain America Civil War and Endgame. You're fitting that film in between 2016 and 2018, which is also interestingly where Black Panther fits, which I will go into to this episode. Although it's a prequel, it's not that long ago. The flashbacks predate the time it's actually set in. The trailer does allude, which is why you see a de-aged Thunderbolt Ross and her links to people in their family and the, the Black
2: Widows. Okay. okay. Where are your theories? What crazy things have you been scribbling on the wall during lockdown? What I wanted to go into, first of all, was let's talk about Tony. Let's talk about Tony.
1: Those of us <laughs> who've been... Those of us who've been in lockdown And making use of the time Not productively But watching all of the films Back to back Whether it's at this ridiculous thing That's taken a hold Of the new generation Of watching a film At one and a half times the speed I don't know what that's about
2: That's just (sighs) mental
1: I think you just put less information
2: (laughs) Occasionally I hear a podcast At one and a half times the speed Only because Occasionally If you set it off on my phone There's a little thing That changes the speed of it on my phone Sometimes I knock it And in the ear I'm going that sounds a bit weird and fast at which point you look at your phone and I have to slow it back down again now maybe that's because I'm now officially old and my brain doesn't work that fast it just sounds ridiculous I wouldn't do that
1: if anything I would want to slow it down so I pick up the nuances of everything that I've missed it's the reason why I'm speaking to myself but I also know you do this watch the film several times because you pick up the bits you've missed because the first time you go and see a movie you and I go and sit in the VIP area don't we and we throw do. popcorn at the plebs <laughs> that- but because we're so excited like two giggly boys in a like ladies' locker room. You can't do that anymore. It's illegal, apparently.
2: <laughs> <laughs> a bit of wee popped
1: out. I don't know why people are watching it at one and a half times the speed, because if anything, you lose information, but it's apparently, it's one of the criticisms but that has been laid firmly upon of late Netflix. who are not a sponsor, saying that we hope that Netflix don't introduce speed settings. I don't know what that means. Someone comes around to your house and gives you a pile of drugs <laughs>
2: while, while you're watching something like the OA. <laughs> well there's that new platform as well that you can actually watch, watch films on mobile it's specifically designed to do that and again I just think I don't want to watch I mean if I'm stuck in hospital A&E and that's the only thing I've got to watch my thing on or I'm stuck in an airport and the iPad's run out of juice I'll happily watch it and I'll be grateful that I can watch a movie on my phone Yeah, but I wouldn't do it as a first choice I wouldn't even do it as a third or a fourth choice to would be my computer or the TV or the iPad before I even get I agree, well I think the travesty is that creators
1: are wanting, and, and and rightly so, their content seen as the way it was meant to be seen. You don't want some Generation Z person going, I haven't got time to breathe, I might have to put a face mask on and stand in a queue for some time, I'm not going to do that. Life should be lived, you shouldn't need to have life in Fast Forward. Now, if I was beaten, Generation Z with a bat, I wouldn't want to do it in Fast Forward either, I'd want to take your time. <laughs> don't do it kids. <laughs> take drugs just say no just say no to speeding up content and just take drugs instead as a responsible adult I cannot condone the taking of drugs or the speeding up of films or speed I think what might be worthwhile mentioning is the next couple of films that are coming out albeit potentially delayed the next one after Black Widow is The Eternals The Eternals like Guardians of the Galaxy wasn't at the time connected to other films however yes we know now The Guardians played a bigger part towards the end of this arc of storytelling Black Widow to be an opportunity for Marvel to get creative laying the seeds of characters that they can throw into this movie which I'll be throwing some theories out later and then use that to open up of other opportunities for films and I think The Eternals will be another opportunity to tap into what we already know of the Guardians of the Galaxy for example Nowhere the head that appears which is a space station is in fact the skull of an Eternal and it will introduce uh, a whole range of new characters I think the next two films will be standalones and um, in fact the next three films because the one that comes after that Sang Shang-Chi the Legend of the Ten Rings is it? Uh, yes. <laughs> we get closure on the Mandarin if you recall from Iron Man 3 there was a huge letdown from people who thought that that was the Mandarin and it wasn't really it was a, It was an actor portraying the Mandarin however we did find out from one of their short stories that came in afterwards that actually he wasn't the Mandarin he was just someone playing the part Yeah. I think that will address that and also people like oh, there's not enough diversity in the films there is now so move on in terms of that that's another standalone and then we're going to move into the TV shows which is going to
2: tap into the films do you think there was a lot they obviously introduced a load of characters didn't they in Phase 3 and although they've got rid of some of the original crew, the likes of Captain America and Iron Man and Black Widow. So you've lost a couple of the original crew, but there's still plenty of people there to make up a decent size Avengers lineup. I suppose maybe the Hulk's getting a bit, well, he's got one arm at the minute, and he? Obviously, Vision died when Thanos pulled the jewel out of his forehead and killed him, gone. So they do need to replace him. It looks like they're going to introduce some brand new characters that many people would have heard of before.
1: Well, I think that's where the TV show's going to pick up. The one the Vision show featuring Vision and
2: Scarlet Witch. Now when does that come out? I've held back from subscribing to Disney Plus so far. Glorian has nearly made me sign up but I'm just kind of a little bit loath to sign up to another bloody monthly subscription for a channel that probably I'm only going to watch specific things on. I I suspect once it gets going and all the shows that they've got listed are up and chucking it'll definitely be something that I'll have to get because I couldn't not have it but at the minute I mean there's that much to watch and all the other platforms. It kind of feels like a bit of another chore to have to get another channel. At
1: the moment, it won't be worth subscribing to it in terms of your answer of when it's out. Technically, spring 2021. Right. Before that, according to the news feeds, there hasn't been any disruption to the TV plans for releasing these shows. Falcon and the Winter Soldier should be coming out first of all. Right. And then you're going to have WandaVision, then Loki, then Hawkeye, then you've got the cartoon What If, which is What If Spider-Man. But I think
2: that's going to be a side project isn't it I think that one that's not going to be specifically tied in because it's a cartoon of an alternate reality type thing the others
1: apparently are going to tie into the film division is going to tie into the Doctor Strange 2 Falcon Winter Soldier is going to pick up where it left off who the new Captain America is right obviously Falcon's the new
2: America how do you feel about that <laughs> I'm a bit disappointed I kind of wanted the Winter Soldier I did to become I did. the new Captain America it does actually there is legislation <laughs> that's kind of what we thought I mean I know there is precedent for the Falcon to become it as well he just he can fly just by virtue of the fact that he's got a piece of gear that enables him to fly and he doesn't have the know-how and skills that Tony Stark had to make his Iron Man suit so he just feels like a bit of a limited person put it this way he doesn't inspire me in the same way as the Captain America that we've just lost even when he was the scrawny kid at the beginning of the first one he kind of still he had that aura about him didn't he? and then when he got given all his powers it just made him Super mega cool, super powered, and quite frankly, extremely hot.
1: Winter Soldier, they almost alluded to him in one of the films. He catches the Captain America throws his shield as the shield throw, and he catches it. That it was reminiscent of a comic book storyline where the Winter Soldier does, in fact, take over as Captain America. That was my go to place. That the Falcon is only valuable because he's got a jetpack provided to him by Tony Stark. Could argue that Spider Man has tech Supplied by Tony Stark. Spider Man also got bitten and has additional skills, even if if he didn't have the suit. Yeah, he's still superpowered even without Exactly. His. The other thing is, as you say, his winter soldier has been trained by the Russians
2: as a weapon. And he's got an element of superpower because doesn't he have some of the stuff in him that Captain America makes super strong? Well, this is excitingly why this ties into what we're talking about a little bit. Because
1: the serum that was created by Erskine in the first Captain America film, some of it was stolen by the Russians. His brain was mind-controlled. The Black Widows have their minds controlled by some of the serum to be killing machines. I felt that Winter Soldier was the clear successor to the role. Whether it's controversial here it's a diversity hire, Marvel has taken on board the pressure to have a broader, diverse range of superheroes. I don't know.
2: They're already starting to do that. I mean, it's definitely a good thing that they should do that, mm. and that they yeah. are doing that. The Eternals and that Shang... Shang chi is one, yeah, yeah. We've got Scott Black Panther, which was a massive success. He's going to be interested to see where he goes from this as well. He had a very Captain America-esque style to him doesn't he he's sort of a similar genre he's a a leader he has some very similar powers as well doesn't he so I'm interested to see where that character goes well he's got the suit hasn't he who do we think is going to become sort of the leader of the Avengers for this next phase that's an interesting question my first call would probably be Black Panther he certainly seems the best suited for that role who knows I I don't know anything about these new characters that they're going to be introducing and whether they would be better suited we've obviously got Thor but I don't think Thor's a lead in fact Thor's doing everything he can to hassle on being a leader and of course we don't know how many more films Chris Hemsworth is going to do Love
1: and Thunder film coming out hasn't he Done technically already being handed over the keys to the kingdom of Spider-Man right yeah no but he's a bit young I, I would have probably said someone else see this is where it's exciting how this all lines up Tony Stark was the mentor to Spider-Man now yeah. Tony Stark gave him the
2: glasses to access all of Star technology and Edith if he does not know how to work it it's like giving my dad a bloody iPad <laughs> <laughs> I could leave it to him in me will and my last dying words, but he probably won't be able to figure out how to switch it on. <laughs> so it's to be up to him to back. It's not more about him.
1: Well, you don't know who's going to be introduced I as the, the mentor because Nick Fury could play more of a role. But I gave a theory that they were trying to introduce Sword, which is the space version of S.H.I.E.L.D., the end of Captain Marvel. And Nick Fury's on space station rather yeah. than being on. I think he's off setting up Sword, which goes back to your original comments about more of the films being made in space, which would lend itself to why sword is
2: more appropriate. It was airing towards that anyway. Just forgotten a perfect one there, Captain Marvel. We will obviously only see one film from her and we didn't see a huge amount from her in the fat final episodes of the saga in Infinity War and Endgame. But she definitely is... In fact, she probably will be the leader. Thinking about it, I can't believe I forgot about it, she's going to be the, the leader of the Avengers, isn't she? She's the most powerful. She's got the most skills. She's off well, though, at the moment, isn't she? Yeah. Yeah, but I can imagine her being the big boss lady. She's
1: so powerful. What you want is someone who's around to be the boss. Don't forget, Black Widow took over. She died. Black Panther's a contender, but you've got to look at the political environment. He's gone back to Wakanda because he's just told everybody it exists now, so he's going to have all that to deal with. Captain Marvel's gone off to resolve some local trouble. Thor's in space with the Guardians. If You've got people kicking off on Earth.
2: That's our assumption that Earth is now the centre of the universe, which is kind of how these have been approached, whereas I think it's not going to be looked at like that which is why Captain Marvel is possibly going to be the leader because at the end, during Endgame, it showed them all communicating via whatever it was they were doing from all the different areas within the universe that they were operating from. So it is possible to manage operations on the go and to be honest, I mean I've always said this about Superman, Captain Marvel falls very much into the Superman bracket for me where there's a danger that she's so powerful and she's got so many skills that she becomes quite dull because in order to find somebody who can actually beat her or cause her problems is an issue because you can create someone who has equal powers to her, but then what happens with poor old Falcon who's flying around with his new Captain America shield? So what happens to Captain America, as in Falcon, when he's flying around with his piece of machinery and some like Captain Marvel or the evil version of comes along and goes, Yeah, I'm just gonna destroy that piece of gear on your back and you've got no comeback.
1: However, we do have you know Doctor Strange too. Kevin Feige did say that we've got Fantastic Four. He did say there's a Black Panther 2. X-Men as well, which is now within the Disney remake. I'm glad you said that. I was going to go on to say, because he went, oh, we haven't got time to talk about the X-Men. Nicely leads into one of the things I was going to talk about. Do we think, and there's evidence in the trailer for Black Widow to support this, obviously we're in Phase 4, which has already been slated. So Phase 5, Phase 6 is possibly where we're going to see the introduction. Do we think they're going to repeat what they did for Phase 1 and 2, which is every single Marvel film? introduced a member of the Avengers Black Widow introduced in Iron Man 2 Nick Fury and all of those by the time you got to the Avengers you were actually familiar with them
2: uh, I think that's exactly what they're going to do and that's why I don't think they're going to throw the X-Men in just yet or if they do introduce the X-Men I think they will introduce the same X-Men versions that we've just recently seen Michael Fan, Fan, Fazbender what's his name Magneto yeah I think we'll see people like Fazbender who will Come in and be that because you don't you don't then have to create the background information because we've already very recently seen it. It allows you to just start introducing them. I don't think we'll see a proper X Men involvement until maybe phase five and six because there'll be too much to try and cram in. But it's a great way of starting to just gently introduce them into the universe, but without having to do the whole start from scratch backstory.
1: Oh, absolutely, and the trailer you've just seen for Black Widow has already begun that. I've got a theory that they've already introduced an X Man into Black Widow. Ooh, who's that? This is where you're going to get proper excited. Warning, it's about to get a little bit geeky. Potentially, spoilers ahead. Now's the time to go off and get yourself a cake or something. The so two people who are potentially possibly able to kick open a door. In the trailer, you see the door blow open. That huge right. steel door. The only two people who would be locked up are able to do that is potentially Juggernaut. Okay. Or Ersa Major. Ooh. Now, you'll be asking yourselves, who's Ersa Major? Well, Ersa Major would tie nicely into Black Widow because Ursa Major is a member of an organisation called the Winter Guard, which is Russia's version of the Avengers. He is a mutant and his ability is to turn into a bear.
2: I mean, we do see sort of a Russian version of Captain America, who's obviously Black Widow's dad, possibly, or someone. And you are absolutely right, he
1: is. He has the super serum in him, but he has a low-calorie version because the Russians stole it. You're
2: talking about the Red Guardian. And, of course, we've got to remember that Quicksilver and... What was his sister called? Scott. Scarlet Witch Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver are both X-Men Quicksilver's dead but when we say we're going to slowly introduce X-Men i oh, have yeah. kind of already done it you said Magneto didn't you they're both Magneto's kids yeah so it makes sense that they can start to introduce these kind of things in because they've already sort of done it I mean I have to be honest it just beggars belief that DC haven't figured out doing things gradually and steadily and properly they could have been more or less at the same stage that but they wouldn't have been quite at this stage because they would that behind, but it would have certainly been well into their universe creation if they didn't keep cocking it up by just introducing shit, half ass heart-baked ideas, whereas Marvel, every time you talk about it you just get excited because there's so much backstory that goes with each and every element.
1: Totally agree, and that's the reason why fans love it, because they keep finding easter eggs, they keep finding little details. For example, Black Panther and Wakanda were introduced way back in Iron Man 2, and obviously you've got this little easter egg that appeared in Endgame, when they're on the screens, given feedback, which was what you were saying to, they were reporting back from wherever they are. Apparently, some seismic activity in the Atlantic Ocean. Akoyi from Wakanda says probably just going to leave that to get on with itself. Potentially, that could be Namor. The Submariner, who is a villain, becomes good.
2: Shuri as well, aren't we? Yeah. I mean, Shuri, who's Black Panther's younger sister. Now she's very much introduced as a bit of a, a Tony Stark-style yeah. tech genius. I suspect she's going to play a bigger part yeah. in this next
1: phase. Adam Warlock, that was introduced as an Easter. Dragon in fact into Guardians, and there was also part of the story of Guardians 2, which could be playing into Guardians 3, but keeping ourselves without getting far too excited about all these things, the theory of two potential characters that could be introduced, as I said, Juggernaut, who we've seen before, Deadpool 2 being most recent one, Vinnie Jones in the film that people want to forget, X-Men 3, The Last Stand, more likely is in fact Ursa Major, simply because they both form part of the Winter Guard, along with Red Guardian, who is, correctly as you say, the Version of Captain America. Now the reason why the, the trailer flips from present time to flashback is because he's been in prison and he's put
2: on a bit of weight. <laughs> isn't Juggernaut a baddie? Yeah, yes. Do you think they're going to fit in? Because if they're going to be a baddie, there's just so many bloody variables. What you're trying to do is look at where the next big baddie is going to come from. The next Thanos.
1: <laughs> there's a few, isn't there? The Eternals. Essentially, Thanos is. But the fans are going to go mental if I got this wrong. Thanos is the creation of two Eternals, and I don't mean the band.
2: Girl, <laughs>
0: don't go chasing butterflies.
2: That's that- TLC. Eternal was the one with Louise rednapping Oh, okay. Look at you. Well, I only know that because obviously Louise Rednapp was in it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the Eternals are these huge, powerful planet killers. Problem that we've had with villains is they've not always been great. Thanos was the big bad, and he was brilliant. I mean, yes. this is the thing. This is why I'm, I'm hoping we get better baddies. I thought Mysterio was okay. Thought he was quite good. Yeah, but he wasn't a big bad and they got rid of him in the end. He's not going to be.
1: The other thing is Venom, the recent trailer of Venom 2 includes Carnage. Venom is still a Sony-controlled property. I mean, Tom name is you only want in there but Absolutely,
2: do it well enough.
1: I didn't think Tom Hardy was great in the role. I mean, Tom Hardy is a very good actor.
2: problem is Sony are trying to make films in the same way that DC have tried to make films, which is we've got this great character with this great potential, which just create a great film, whereas the the Marvel way of doing it is okay, we've got this great person, but they're only good as the sum of the parts. So, how can we blend them into this universe to build something with it? And I don't feel that Venom forms part of any universe at the minute. Now, maybe Sony did. Maybe Sony were hoping Tom Hardy'd be brilliant, and then they go around to Disney and say, uh, We've got another decent bad guy for you or anti hero for you. You want in, Disney? We'll cut you in on the, uh, the goodies. And then Disney go, No, you're all like, right. just made five billion pounds off. The merchandise of Venom. Yeah.
1: He <laughs> he's like, him. Yes. Yeah. Having carnage being played by Woody Harrelson, I wouldn't have cast Woody Harrelson. Every time you see him, you just think of him in the other roles he's played. He doesn't come across particularly as a villain. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, in all the things I've seen him in, I've just watched him in Zombie Land 2. I don't find him threatening in any shape or um. form. If he doorstep me on a winter's night, I'd just spark him right out. And <laughs> <laughs> um, Woody Harrelson, if you are listening, is in fact a challenge. Let's get in the ring. You and me. Million pound uh, winner's fee, which you have to put up because I've got no money and poor. We'll just, we'll just fight it out.
2: So if he loses you get his million quid and if he wins he gets my parents house. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and my continual respect. Yes, yeah, servitude. I'll get a shopping for him or something. But
2: well, you just become his PA because then you can move yes. around in nice cars and live in his nice house and work in his nice office. That still sounds like a win for me though doesn't it? It's worth you losing as well. <laughs> I,
1: I might throw the fight. I've been watching Peaky Black Comment.
2: <laughs> oh, not sure yeah, to be happy about that.
1: That will be a tough conversation. If I'm honest, look, Mum, it's like this:
2: <laughs> you're out in the streets. I'm going to bigger and better things, uh, but you're homeless. <laughs>
1: yeah, Woody Harrelson owns your house. I believe he's a nice guy, but he has got a mean left hook. <laughs> <laughs> Now I'm going to make Some predictions We have gone on a tangent But it's all valid It's all good for the nerds Villains that I think We're going to see And it is There are going to be Some consequences If you get these predictions wrong I'll get in the ring With Woody Harrelson again (laughs) You can have a spleen That will be the only thing I'll have left A spleen (laughs) And my left kidney Or right I've got both of them I don't know why I said left (laughs) Predictions based on Phase 4 films I think that we're going to have Galactus introduced Potentially in the Eternals I think we're going to see The Mandarin in Shang-Chi yeah Easy we Sh- think
2: shang t- played the Mandarin then if they're going to introduce him or her I presume if they're going to introduce him into that film they're going to have to announce who's playing them and they have cast an Asian actor
1: that was the problem Shang-Chi is an Asian superhero in the comic books Marvel would accuse of whitewashing because Ben Kingsley King's really King's very much <laughs> isn't although he did play Gandhi <laughs> <laughs> and he got an Oscar for Gandhi so <laughs> which just, is
2: arguably more whitewashing <laughs> just just <a> different
1: <laughs> <form>. <laughs> he played Gandhi when whitewashing was okay Uh <laughs> was it painted his face, it was all right. But I think because Marvel do this thing of cheating the fans out of real information, I think he was purposely cast because they knew he wasn't actually playing the Mandarin. Right. Because people go, oh, you haven't got the proper person, you haven't got an Asian person playing if They've gone, ah, why don't you just wait and see? You haven't got a Black Widow film. Ah, why don't you wait and see? There's no female representation in films. Wait and see. People who've hung on in there without getting a banner made and walking on Westminster, actually the films sorted themselves out we do have a black widow film there is a huge strong representation of female leads and in fact we will see a Mandarin who's going to be Asian and all it was was a little bit of misguiding from Marvel yes we're going to see Adam Warlock appear or Magus because you saw him in the cocoon in volume two yeah the other one which is potentially a little careful they very cleverly brought into endgame
2: are we going to see Red Skull it's going to have to be a different person but it had a different person playing it it would
1: be the, the guy who played him in end game, who sounded very, very similar to the
2: original. I think they'll just bring him back in. How's he going to escape from where he is? Because it sounds like he's basically stuck for eternity as the Doorman, <laughs> <laughs> Basically the Eternal Doorman for the Soulstone. You mentioned the Fantastic Four. So Doctor Doom could be a potential
1: candidate for a Phase 4, maybe Phase 5 introduction. And then we've got one of the theories I made last year is, will we get to see the Red Hulk? Now, there's already a She-Hulk TV show ready to rock and roll, which is not planned has been released yet but has been announced obviously we know the Hulk is injured now potentially we could bring the Red Hulk in because we've already mentioned Thaddeus E. Thunderbolt and he's the person who becomes Red Hulk
2: Do we think that because if they're smart about this I say the smart part of this I mean Christ who the hell am I to tell my <laughs> to make films can they not create almost like a, a Suicide Squad style team of bad people that all come together for the next Infinity War style battle you know, so you've got, on the one side, you've got the Avengers, and on the other side, you've got people like Dr. Doom and... Oh, you know what? You're um,
1: amazing. You literally
2: line all this up.
1: The answer to the question is yes, and yes twice. The theory that I gave over a year ago is that Thunderbolt Ross becomes the Red Hulk and sets up his own team known as the Thunderbolts. But There's another group called the Dark Avengers. Got ya. Yeah. Now, the Dark Avengers, as is by the name, is literally all the people who are not nice... <laughs> 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 to use a, a Donald Trumpism they not Please nice people have got Baron Zemo who you've already met yeah They've, that's the red skull no no that's uh, Johann Schmidt I've just spat all over the microphone <laughs> uh, not to be confused with Johann Schmidt the dog <laughs> Which is only funny for people who lived in the 80s and remember Tiz Wilson. (laughs) Baron Zemo is in Civil War and he's the guy whose family gets killed, I think, in Sokovia. And he's not very happy. He keeps listening to a voicemail, but they very cleverly put it into the film that you keep thinking that his wife's actually left him a voicemail message. And in fact, you find out later on that she did, but that was before a massive city fell on her face. (laughs) (laughs) So he's not happy. Captain America, I think, takes him down. That's where he was introduced, but he's also a high-ranking member of HYDRA. Who else is (laughs) going to be in this Dark Avengers? The Abomination, right, which we've already mentioned from The Incredible Hulk. Deadpool, for one. Bullseye, people will know Bullseye from Daredevil. Norman Osborn was one of the founders of it. Hawkeye was involved in it as well. Taskmaster, which by the powers of Skull, lead me into... Is that my missus? (laughs) <laughs> is that where she goes, get the shopping in, paint that fence, take wallpaper down. The lawn. Yeah, he's actually the villain of Black Widow. Oh, right. The attacker with spreadsheets. He gives <laughs> just so much work to do that she never gets a chance to, <laughs> <laughs> to do anything else. Oh, my God, that's such a shit name for a bad <laughs> <laughs> What are you laughing at? He's made up of a control freak. A person who writes everything down and is a guy, if you go on holiday with him, we will have an itinerary. <laughs> Before we leave for this battle,
2: can we all just check we've got our weapons? You got your clothes on, tick. You need <laughs> the batteries of all your phones, tick. Act <laughs> your underwear, tick. <laughs> from the trailer is quite a formidable foe. I like the idea that that's going to be the next big thing that they're going to slowly put together a a team of of Avengers and maybe even then like the eternal threat can be something that either comes together to support them or comes a little bit further down the line. I've got absolute faith it's rare that I feel this way you know every time a new Star Trek film comes out I've got this horrible feeling in the pit of my stomach that they're going to bollocks it up. I had that feeling with Guardians of the Galaxy. Not many people knew about it did they? No, when it comes to Marvel and just the way that they produced all of these films, I just, I have an absolute comfort that whatever they give me will be probably what I exactly wanted. I just didn't realise it at the time.
1: But this will be a nice shift of pace with it being a standalone movie. What do you think is going to happen
2: to Thor then? Because he's either going to have to die or he's going to have to continue because Thor. you can't imagine Thor's going to be someone who just retires to an armchair somewhere on the planet and sits out the next bat-
1: Well that's interesting because the Love and Thunder sequel appears before Guardians 3. Guardians 3 has been delayed because currently James Gunn is redoing the reboot to the DC Suicide Squad because it bombed so badly.
2: Like the next one Probably will as well It was gone, So I don't know Aren't they talking about Using Phoenix's Joker in it Oh are they I don't know I don't know I, I'm sure they was Told that they were Going to try and Create a I hope not Why Did you not like that fil- Have you seen that Film yet by the way Shall
1: I tell you How far into that Film I am Oh go on 33 minutes I watched it For about 30 seconds And then my eyes Were rolling to the Back of my skull I thought I was having a stroke And, <laughs> and then I, I thought I'll give it a couple Of days And then started again And then about 10 minutes In started having palpit and I'm 33 minutes in and I'm still thinking, no. <laughs> Yeah,
2: but you decided you disliked
1: it before you I know I've got. I've kind of got my side bias.
2: Get your way through it because I think it's a good film. Put all that aside. I agree that it's
1: a good film. It's just not the Joker. And in fact, because our mate who hasn't been mentioned, let's give him a big shout out. I haven't spoken to him by the way. He hasn't bothered to get in touch. Still alive? I think he is. He's got a girl, hasn't he? (laughs) Basically, he's he's jibbed me off big time. So I've had to pay for a subscription to a friend's site. (laughs) Since the lockdown He's well and truly locked down And some might say Under the thumb Lockdown yeah! He was locked down Before lockdown Maybe he's, he's shackling He's locked down <laughs> he's not only is he locked down He's locked up <laughs> People pay good money for that I haven't heard from Gareth I did drop him a message And uh, he just paid £1,000 for a computer Because he was so bored
2: <laughs> like you, so,
1: as he will say, he enjoyed the film. As I was saying, which is people go, oh, it's a great movie, and it is a great movie. It got an Oscar, as did the guy who played the Joker. Ledger.
2: Yeah, but Heath Ledger, I almost feel he got an Oscar because he died. He did a brilliant job in that film, but I don't think it was worthy of an Oscar. It was only because he died. Well, maybe, but let's look at the the
1: evidence of this. Is Joaquin Phoenix has followed what he's been told as a character, whereas Heath Ledger developed the character. Yeah, so he created the Joker and. The other guy just was told you're the other Joker. A few things that were on script. He's not really done anything with it other than he just has mental health issues. And in fact, I did take some notes. I like to justify things rather than just feel things. I've made a list of all of the ailments that he currently has, which all that does is reinforce his psychosis as someone with mental health issues, not someone who just wants to see the world burn. And there's a difference between someone suffering from a mental health issues who doesn't scare me one bit because I'll just admit into the local hospital.
2: Isn't the argument that somebody who wants to torch the world and we're going off to the serious talk. Somebody who really wants to touch the world has mental health issues because that's not a normal thing. Being a sociopath is a bit different than being a psychopath. But isn't sociopathy a potential form of mental illness? It may well be. Yeah, cut that so it sounds like I win.
1: I will make that so you are because this is a pretty good conversation to discuss further, is maybe break out Gareth from (laughs) from his cellar, invite him to a Joker discussion. I've never said, nor am I saying, that the film isn't any good. What I'm saying is...
2: You've only watched (laughs) 33 minutes. The 30
1: minutes I've seen are well written and well performed. What it is not, it's not a Joker film. It's a man who calls himself the Joker. And in fact, the director's gone on record and I actually wrote the quote down to support my evidence. that He actually said he's not saying it's a Joker film. It's basically about a guy I call the Joker. That's how dedicated
2: he is, guys. He had no idea that we were going to enter into a debate about the Joker. He was watching a film like you and I probably do and he was making quotes <laughs> and notes to argue his point. Not knowing whether he'd ever need to argue his point <laughs> which is dedication of the highest degree which is why as a consummate professional he turns up with lots of notes and I turn up with diddly squat.
1: Well, we weren't planning on talking about DC <laughs> where we There's
2: lots of things tonight we haven't gone talking about what we have because that's the kind of guys we are until you mentioned it I hadn't realised
1: that because I normally pick up on stupid names like Karen
2: Have you bumped into a Karen recently? You seem to have a real hard on for Karen, and not in the physical sense, in the aggravated sense. <laughs> no, Karen's the latest thing, isn't it? Oh, is it?
1: Yeah. Anyone who's a bit of a noob who basically complains about stuff's called a Karen. <laughs> I did not know that. In fact, just Google Karen, and you'll find out what it means. It's not an offence to the name. If you're called Karen, <laughs> let me just apologise. No, I'm not going to apologise. Your name's Karen. Your name's Karen. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> apologise for a parent's calling in a Karen.
1: It's into the apologetic people. I don't do that malarkey. I like what I say and I say what I believe in my life, although I said that badly. Which <laughs> 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 is how you want to say it. Exactly. It's a new thing sweeping the nation for anyone who complains about stuff from a position of white privilege, mostly. It's a middle-aged woman <laughs> who's white privileged and thinks she can sit outside of the rules. They're the ones who are queuing up and think they're entitled to buy 4,000 toilet Rolls and have a go at you because you've bought yourself a Findus Crispy Pancake. <laughs>
2: And on that note, let's
1: go on to the reason why Taskmaster is a particularly good villain in the Black Widow film. In the comics, and it seems to be in the trailer too, his ability is to be able to replicate the fighting skills of his opponents. So he mimics them. If I was fighting with Woody Harrelson and he was doing a sort of roundhouse kick I would immediately do a roundhouse kick as well and obviously from the trailer you got to see the fighting styles of Natasha who's Black Widow Captain America Hawkeye Black Panther and Spider-Man's web slinging Right. so you see the Black Panther claws Yeah. technically another theory is has some of the technology been stolen for him to be able to get the Black Panther claws which is the vibranium from the trailer you'll see that there's five distinct fighting styles that replicate the fighting styles of superheroes the
2: other thing that we've not touched upon, which is a possibility, is of course in Captain Marvel and again in Spider-Man Far From Home, we had those aliens whose name escapes me, who can... The Skrull. The Skrulls who can imitate people. Now so far, well in Captain Marvel, it was suggested they were going to be the bad guys, and actually it turned out they are good guys, and they continue to be good guys yeah. in Spider-Man Far From Home. But on the basis of conversations we've had and things you've told me scrolls are much the same as say humans where there are very good humans and there are no beds. <laughs> and scrolls appear to also fall into that category. So there is the possibility that they will have a bigger part to play in Phase Four, not just as goodies but as baddies. So there might actually be people who we think are certain people, but actually turn out to be scrolls pretending to be those people and bad scrolls at that. Wow,
1: my head is just blown. Boom. <laughs> That's another thing that we haven't talked, isn't it? They could well be the scrolls hiding in plain sight who've replicated people. I think that will be reserved to the Captain Marvel two film. If you were going to map this out, if you were head of Marvel, if you were Kevin Feige and you were going to map this out, you would probably have Guardians of Galaxy tie into Adam Warlock Magus sort of storyline. You'd probably use the Captain Marvel to tie into the Skrulls and the, maybe do like a home planet thing where Captain Marvel goes back home, things have kicked off introduce the Secret Wars which would tie into scrolls and things like that. That's a potential for Captain Marvel too. Then you've got the Black Panther thing going on which maybe might tap into the latest problem, with the fact that he's announced that they exist. People trying to steal his technology again, which happened before. There's lots and lots of ways that you can take it now and actually maybe maybe not revisiting an Avengers film, maybe using those films to establish the new Avengers but using them also to explore home-based films. Yeah. Not the company that makes furniture. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and garden equipment.
1: But before we move on, let me ask you this question. Ask, please. Who is your favourite superhero and why? Wow. This is this a trick question? No, no. Simple question. No platforms or Trapdoors
2: or things like that. Before Marvel came into my life, as in the films. I would probably say it would be Batman because they were the best films that I'd seen up to that point and I'd enjoyed that the most. Spider-Man was probably the next after that. When Marvel came along, it kind of changed everything because I fell in love with the characters that were in those films. I know it's different because Chris Hensworth does such a fantastic job as Thor. I mean, I didn't know Thor really. I kind of knew Thor exists, but not particular. Captain America as a bridge. I wasn't bothered about Captain America at all. So I'd probably say those two are probably my favourite superheroes. Although, that being said, I'd probably stick Black Widow in there as well. Okay. So he's pretty awesome. And I didn't
1: make the point that it can be DC or Marvel because I thought you'd go Batman. Yeah.
2: I think Batman's still there because I still like Batman. He's got the best baddies. I love the storyline. I think what always attracts me to superheroes, which is probably why I've got such an affinity for like Captain America and Black Black Widow and the like. Uh, I like them to be quite real. I know that sounds ridiculous given we talk about superheroes but if you were a billionaire and you were that way inclined, you could buy the toys that Batman buys. You could learn the moves that Batman learns. You could do a lot of the things that Batman does which makes it sort of real in an unreal scenario. Black Widow, there's clearly someone in the world who could make those moves because they filmed somebody doing them. It is feasible that they could do. I'm drawn to that. Whereas people like Superman and Captain Marvel who are just like this, can do anything, go anywhere, can't be beaten. But I don't know, you stick a rock in his pocket and it makes him poorly for a little bit mm. uh, doesn't appeal. What about you?
1: Just to conclude your orbit, I would agree with what you're saying and interestingly enough, just for the fans Michael Keaton has been reported to be coming back to the franchise Ooh. as a mentor type role they're not going to de-age him, that I can understand they're going to bring him back in his current age he's going to be more like a mentor, uh, which is interesting because he did say and go on record that he would never do Batman again as long as Joel Schumacher was alive, as well,
2: no, Joel Schumacher is now dead. Why did he say that was that out <laughs> of respect for the films that he did? I'm not or... sure the
1: reason and I haven't got the money in the coffers to pay for my legal bill if I'm wrong. I'm not going to speculate on the reasons why, whether it's because Joel Schumacher's vision was different to Tim Burton's vision because for me, correct me if I'm wrong, my opinion is Michael Keaton for
2: me was the Batman. His films were probably the best, well his film was the best. The, the Tim first. Burton
1: period I'm talking about.
2: Yeah and yeah. then you had the second one with, was that Val Kilmer or was like Michael Keaton again with the penguin uh, Michael no.
1: Keaton did the second one and then yeah. reportedly he left because he didn't like being overshone by the character so obviously he had a really strong actors were involved then it went to
2: Al George Ma- Clooney it, 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 George Clooney yeah I thought the Michael Keaton ones were amazing they were brilliant Christian Bale is the Batman for the period after I thought Christian Bale's was brilliant I thought certainly the first one was exactly tapping into what I liked about the Michael Keaton films I would pick Professor X okay now, why is that? Is that because of the comics, or is that because our uh, second world, Sir Patching Stewart laid him?
1: No, it's the parking. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: You had that in your sleeve, old oh, show <laughs> Yeah. Oh,
1: genius. Love it. Joking aside, I would pick, interestingly to your choice, Tony Stark. For the, the same r- reason, Absolutely. Then. Absolutely the same reasons. Because I, like you, think when you get to the point of being completely super, a bit of a green rock might take you down is highly unlikely, unless you're up against the villain, of course. It's all believable, isn't it? If you've got that money, there's no limit to that. The only thing that's going to limit you is the technology that exists at that time. People have already made right. Iron Man suits for Comic-Con, so it's already possible.
2: Have you seen the one online? The guy's already made one that you can fly around in. Wow. Is this a sign of how people feel generally? And I don't mean everyone, because obviously opinions on these things are like assholes. everyone's got one. But Superman has relatively flopped the last versions, the multiple reincarnations, and yet Batman's kept on doing well. Iron Man's done really well. And people have an effect, like Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm, yeah. They're not super-powered. They're just aliens, yeah, essentially, essentially, aren't they? They're just so super that, yeah. They're just normal people, but aliens. And I think that's why it's done so well because it appeals to people like, well, if I was an alien. I could probably do that. I mean, to be fair, the only one who's
1: potentially, arguably, one is Nebula, who's augmented. She's yeah. only recently joined them, but on a whole, they've just got really good skills, haven't they? Yeah, that's it. The next generation—you put them together, and they—they they make a great team. Absolutely. So it's interesting that you picked Batman, and I picked Tony Stark. Who would
2: win? Now we're going on a major <laughs> tangent. Fight between Iron Man and Batman. Woody Harrelson <laughs> for a million pounds. For a million pounds uh, and my house, my mum, my
1: parents' house. Who would? <laughs> uh, that's a really good question because I don't know whether I don't think anyone would win but there would be two unhappy people because they will have exhausted their billions by trying to outdo one another. I think Iron Man would win
2: because he's got more tools and gear on it.
1: It depends on what the, well, the next question which gets very deep what's the net worth of each of those people and what's the cost of their technology to run because technically once you've gone through 40 Iron Man suits you've got to make them all again haven't you where Batman just basically puts a cowl on not Simon no, Cowl.
2: I, I mean that's the thing because after the first one when Tony grows a conscience and stops selling arms. From that point on, it doesn't go into any detail as to how Tony Stark continues to make enough money to fund this enormous habit of making some mega super cutting edge state of the art, probably extremely expensive gear. Probably must come from the fact he makes
1: technology, doesn't he? Because he gets stolen that's how he ends up creating some of the baddies where people steal the technology or unhappy with the barf system that we see. Yeah. I suppose it's technology because it obviously is no longer a weapons dealer, is he? No. I think it'll be a tough call because they'll just keep going at it. Yeah. It's the equivalent of you saying who would win between Superman and Captain
2: Marvel. It'd be boring, wasn't it boring,
1: wouldn't well, just... it? Well, you saw the damage that was caused in Batman v
2: Superman when he was fighting against... <laughs> yeah, but that was dog shit as well because, <laughs> you know, the, the reality is Superman should absolutely pummel Batman into the ground except if Batman's wearing a, a Kryptonian rock suit. Yeah, I agreed. But
1: I was meaning between him and Zod when they yeah. they destroy the entirety of uh, what is uh, metropolis and no one's really bothered about the devastation of that was one of the criticisms between the avengers film where sokovia gets destroyed they take note of the damage they've caused and the criticism
0: well i don't know they did though didn't they because that
2: was why batman had a bonnet about superman because batman happens to be driving through the bloody city while superman's wrecking the little daylights out of it and he had people in his office who died as a result of their... Yes. Well, Batman did, but the government didn't. Is that all governments all (laughs) the time? (laughs) Whatever the problem.
1: Well, Halle Burtin were probably thinking, we've got some building contracts coming up here. (laughs) Next question, based on your answer, what would
2: your superpower be? If I've got a choice of a superpower it's got to be a super mega superpower <laughs> because I'm going down a Superman route as opposed to a Batman route. If you're talking about me, I want the Superman powers. Okay. Defense, X-ray vision, can fly. X-ray vision, I noticed that was
1: your first one. <laughs>
2: all, all, that, all that jazz. I, well, I'm having all of that stuff. Okay. So you wouldn't pick him as a superhero, but you'd have all his powers if given the choice. Oh yeah, because at this moment in time in my real life, I'm just a player. Um And if by some minor miracle I win a lottery I might be a step closer to becoming the real Batman which has an appeal whereas the reality is if I could I'd (laughs) I'd have the Superman powers well you'd certainly have more friends if you won the lottery (laughs) Well, if I look like Henry Cavill, I'd have lots
1: of friends, put it that way. Henry Cavill's got the looks and also the money now. Yeah, and he seems quite a nice guy as well, isn't he? He does, and what he hasn't got, though, is a podcast. No, but he can come on this one. He can, when I'm not punching out Lawrence Fishburne. <laughs> but I've got a list of people to punch out. I said Lawrence Fishburne there. Woody Woody Harrelson. <laughs> I don't even know how this has become a theme because I like Buddy and I'm just not always sure of his choice as a movie. Yeah, you know, but it's a paycheck, is it?
2: <laughs> Who are we to judge? Exactly. But we can. That's the beauty of the internet. And we will.
1: It's your superpower, is it? Yeah. All of You're them. Up. Mine. My superpower would be Cold War Russia.
0: <laughs> 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 you <such a> <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh. <laughs> Joking aside, I think I would go with the invisibility. You perv. Well, technically, I am. Nobody notices me, or they try to ignore me in the high streets. They generally ignore me, which is mostly trustees meetings. But there we go. I would say invisibility, not for a pervy reason. Oh, hang on a minute. No, mostly pervy reasons. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but then you could be Tony Stark rich because you just walk into a bank and steal the hordes of cash that they don't have in banks anymore because it's <laughs> yeah. But maybe you can watch people's
1: passwords over their shoulder. Giving us some thought, I would wonder, if you have the invisibility, does it
2: make the things you carry invisible? Yeah, well, that's the thing because the question is, would you have to strip naked in order to be invisible? I would probably argue, and based on my extensive experience of watching films involving invisibility, that, yes, you would have to strip naked, but you make it interesting when it's cold outside. That does make perfect sense,
1: because I know when I tested it in the park, um, <laughs> and, um, the response wasn't what I was expecting. Uh, I did try to explain <laughs> it to the park ranger. <laughs> did you tell him you were trying to be invisible? I said, can you see me? And he said, yeah, <laughs> is it a cold day, sir? <laughs> and I said there's no need that rudeness I'll just put my pants back on (laughs) (laughs) oh dear Uh, I feel we've got a tangent shall we wrap it up at this point we're going to end with let's talk about Tony now one of the things that has come out of this conversation and stuff that has been thought throughout the whole of the MCU films although Tony Stark is a great guy we've explained that we like his lifestyle and his ability to great guy yeah he has a lot of money and we'd like to be him (laughs) He's got a lot to answer for, hasn't he? Because technically, technically, Tony Stark has single-handedly created most of the villains in the MCU. Let me just go through them for evidence purposes. Obadiah Stane, the Ironmonger, was a little bit unhappy because Tony Stark took over the company from his dad, Howard, and felt pushed out, which is the reason why Tony Stark moved away from selling weapons, and the Ironmonger had a big kick-off with him. So that was essentially his first villain created by...
2: He only had the suit because they found the one that he'd left
1: in um, the Middle East, so, yeah. yeah, and then we've got Ivan Vanko, who is Whiplash. Now, what you may or may not know is Anton Vanko was the father of Ivan Vanko, and his technology that was created was the
2: arc reactor. Oh, he created the arc reactor while he was in captivity. And then he made a small version, but
1: in fact, Howard Stark's partner Anton Vanko made the. I think that's the guy in the cave. Ah, uh, that's okay. why they able to create. It. He took the technology, didn't he? Made it look like it was Howard Stark. Ivan Vanko, who becomes Whiplash, he makes the suit, which uses the arc reactor technology becomes the second villain and then Aldrich Killian who's in Iron Man 3. Now Aldrich Killian is the guy who wants to talk to Tony Stark on New Year's Eve and Tony Stark tells him to go and stand on the roof and leaves him there which leaves him a little bit unhappy he becomes a villain of Tony Stark. Then we move on to Ultron who becomes sentient because Tony's trying to defend the world from villains on a global scale. This is before we obviously find out that we've got Guardians of the Galaxy and Captain Marvel. Unfortunately because the technology is so good it becomes Sensions and it becomes Ultron. Yeah. You've then got Adrian Toomes. He's the guy who plays the Vulture. What you won't know because it was a program that was planned to become a TV show called Damage Control. It's a company that was set up by Tony Stark to be the organization that's brought in to repair any damage that's done by the Avengers. It okay. was a TV show that was going to be set up but never really went anywhere. Damage Control are responsible for all of the fallout before- that happens in New
2: York. and Obviously, Like an army of old ladies who just rack- with a mop and bucket. Yeah, exactly that, mourning, yeah. Mourning and grumbling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How much? Adrian to
1: becomes a vulture because he ends up going into a life of crime by selling the technology because of the fact that his company's pushed out the government to take over, do all of the work through damage control. Mysterio, Quentin Beck is the guy who created the bath technology that we see. Feels unhappy by the way he was spoken to, and there's a lot of unhappy staff who end up creating the Mysterio. Technically, him. he
2: has to create vision off the back of the Ultrons. Scenario: He kills Vision and gives one of the stones to Thanos. The most recent one that I've added to the list is Taskmaster,
1: because you'll remember the scene in Civil War when he's fighting Captain America, and he tells his computer suit to work out the combination of fighting that Captain America's done to allow him to be able to beat Captain America. If that technology's stolen, which it was, they have had stuff stolen, especially in Iron Man 1, he had technology stolen. It's reasonable to believe or assume that Taskmaster is downloaded. Did all of the fighting skills picked up by Tony Stark. Technically, Taskmaster could well be a result of that. Now, Taskmaster, as a guess, I think could well be someone who is familiar with the Avengers and familiar with people, which is why he knows the fighting skills. He's also managed to get hold of some vibranium to make the Black Panther gloves that you see in the trailer. Maybe someone from S.H.I.E.L.D. I
2: don't know. That is really what I had. Cool. Well, I like that. I'm going to be interested to see whether some of your uh, prophecies come true. I don't know whether the movie movies out yet is it with the um, end
1: times upon us they've pushed it back well that's it guys thank you for tuning into this episode hopefully that hasn't blown your mind with all of the nerdiness for those who want to subscribe get yourself on all the w's thepodstation.co.uk follow the instructions you'll see as Mark mentioned earlier that there's a lot of other shows to get yourself listening to and subscribe to click the subscribe button and you will see all the shows that come up in your list five star reviews are always a treat to receive we put a lot of effort into this how we phrase that I put a lot of effort into this in fairness we both put effort into this
2: (laughs) (laughs) I'm just the eye can
1: (laughs) if you could see what I could see you would wholly agree five star reviews are good leave some comments drop us a message to suggest things that we should add in or things that we missed or maybe raise some of your own theories of what you expect to see in Black Widow if you're Karen if you're Karen get your face
2: mask on and we could also do a GoFundMe page to raise a million pounds for Mark to be able to do the battle that we all want to see
1: yeah Woody Harrelson v Mark is the next fight to behold please get that money coming in I don't want to lose the house really
2: my so, child of home. Send your payments to the Mark Latham Cayman <laughs> Islands <laughs> Trust Fund. Bank of Mark, <laughs> always a winner. Thank you guys for
1: listening, and we'll catch you next time, eh? Excelsior!
2: Check out all our shows exclusively on thepodstation.co.uk.